And now, get ready for an exclusive look into the music industry with Behind the Mic host, Dylan Ingram. What's up, everyone? Welcome to this episode of Behind the Mic. I'm your host, Dylan Ingram, and super pumped to be joined by pop singer-songwriter Katie Stump, who's better known by her stage name, Blue Eyes. So, Katie, thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy week to come on. Yeah, thanks for having me. How's everybody doing? No, just kidding. It's just you. <laughs> How are you doing, though? Hey, I'm, I'm doing great. I mean, I'm Good. happy to be here, happy to be talking music, you know, can't complain. But if this is someone's very first time hearing of Blue Eyes, can you give us like a quick elevator pitch kind of just of who you are? Yeah, so I make music that kind of touches uh, some pain points for people. I, I, um, I like to try to make beauty out of my deepest, darkest moments. Um, I produce my own music. And yeah, if you are a fan of Taylor Swift or like Sasha Alex Sloan or Maggie Rogers, those kind of singer songwriter queens, you might like my music. But uh, but yeah, I talk a lot about mental health and and just like struggles in general. And I try to make songs about things that people have been feeling but might not be aware that they've been feeling because that's what I like to do for myself is just kind of dig in and like writing kind of helps me figure out what I'm going through when I'm going through it. So I've had so many comments on my songs be like, are you in my head? How did you like know that I was feeling this? I didn't even know that I was feeling this. So people get a little bit freaked out sometimes. <laughs> but if you don't want to cry or feel big emotions, maybe don't maybe don't listen to my music. That That's, that's my goal as an artist is to make you feel big things. So yeah, if you want to run away from your feelings, don't turn my songs on. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. I mean, we'll we'll dig in a little bit later to some more of those specifics. But first, I just was curious, what inspired the stage name Blue Eyes? Because that's that's a that's an attention grabbing name. I mean, that's obviously not something you hear every day, and, but it's it's something that a lot of people have. A lot of people have blue eyes and stuff like that. So, what's what's the story behind that? Yeah, the name Blue Eyes was inspired by um, I have blue eyes, um, which is not super obvious in this lighting, but I do have blue eyes, and I feel like my mom always told me when I was little, when I you know, like as group, like the group pictures you take as kids when they shoot like right in the freaking sun. And they're like, everybody looks like literally all those pictures of me are like, and my mom always would tell me like, oh yeah, mine are too. I've, I've got blue eyes. So I definitely feel that struggle. I'm always like, eyes are completely closed. Yeah. 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 So my mom was always telling me like, oh, it's like, I, I was always like, why, why isn't it hard for everybody else to like, you know, or, you know, other kids with brown eyes or something, you know, to like look in the, the light. And she's like, well, you know, your eyes are blue. So they're more sensitive to the light. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, it just made sense in my head. So, so yeah, I just like that idea of like blue eyes being sensitive to the light. And like, I feel like I'm pretty sensitive to the world. <laughs> and I liked that the stage name kind of gave me the separation between me, Katie and my art. And it, weirdly allowed me to be more honest and and kind of pour my guts out a little bit more than it would if I had my name on it because it would feel like all of my like you know family friends from my childhood are gonna know that that's me you know what I mean it's just like this weird kind of perception thing so um so the stage name has helped me yeah just kind of be more gut-wrenchingly honest with my songs and um yeah it's just supposed to denote like a, a sensitivity to the world but in like a beautiful way because blue eyes in general people I think denote as like oh this is like an attractive quality in someone but it's also like 
it's more sensitive. I don't know. I just like the imagery of it. You've been writing and releasing music for several years now, but I'm curious, when did your passion for music and songwriting first begin? I mean, like as a child, I grew up around music a lot. My my dad's side of the family is super musical. Uh, my dad has four brothers and all five of them, you know, at Christmas time would gather around and like sing all these harmonies and be playing like all these different guitar parts. And just like, I was around it from a very young age. My cousin went to an arts high school for, for singing. And so I was always, and she was a little bit older than me. So I, she was like the artsy kid. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was just like, oh yeah, like that's her thing. And so I didn't think of it as something that could be a career until I went to college. Um, I went to USC and I, just saw all these like kids doing music. And I was like, I want to do that. I mean, I had started writing songs very long before that, like in high school, but I like didn't think about it as like a career path until then, um, until college. So yeah. So started very young. I wrote my first song probably when I was like four, I was just dancing around my parents' garage, singing about like a purple horse running through a field or something. And my dad was like in the corner on our little computer, like typing all the lyrics as I was singing them. He's like, okay, purple horse. Great. Okay. What else? <laughs> like, So I've always had that like family support with my creativity and, and just like goofiness. And we, as a family all the time would just like make up songs around the house and, you know, like pass the ketchup. Would you please pass the ketchup? Like, you know, just like stupid stuff. So making up songs was always just a thing that we did around the house. My dad still does it. <laughs> he like sings to himself at, at home and, uh, yeah, but um, but yeah, it's been in my blood for a long time. Is it So one of the songs that you have out, this is currently your top song on Apple Music, is Stuck in My Head. So walk me through the writing of that one. So that one was a really interesting one in the fact that I really didn't intend to finish it. I was kind of doing this thing in November, December of 2020, where I was just documenting, like I was just wanting to write and make a lot of music. And so I was just writing every day and I would just post whatever I wrote that day on TikTok and just be like, here it is. Like I kind of treated it as like a little like digital journal of sorts. I wasn't like expecting anything. I was just like, you know, may as well like see what people think kind of a thing. And then that one went pretty viral for me, <laughs> for my standards. It got like 200,000 views in one day. And when I had like literally like 2000 followers before I posted it. Like I, it, it, my average view count was not anywhere. <laughs> it was like, yeah, anyway, so it, it really popped off and I, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments just begging me to release it. And I was like, okay, I guess I got to release this. So yeah, I really only finished the song at all because I had posted it. So that really taught me a, a lesson in the value of, of just sharing things and not really having judgment for them ahead of time because you really never know what's going to connect with people in a really deep way and that one 
that one really connected. So it was actually kind of a lot of pressure when that happened. I was like, oh crap, I gotta like make sure the rest of the song doesn't suck because I had only written the first verse and posted it. And then it went viral. So I was like, oh, I hope that the rest of the song lives up to this. But yeah, people still stream it. And yeah, I'm really, really grateful for that song. It was kind of the thing that started it all for me in terms of just having growing my platform and finding the people that that need this music. So speaking of people still streaming your music, you recently shared on Instagram that you hit 1 million monthly listeners on Spotify, which is a huge milestone. So first of all, congratulations. That's super big accomplishment. That's well deserved. But what was that feeling like when you first saw that number? Um, To be honest, it was just like, okay. <laughs> Like it was, I mean, I was, I was really excited, but I was like, so, okay. When it first hit a million, it was like 1,423,000, like it was like barely a million. And I was like, okay, so this isn't really a million. Like in my head, I was like, okay, like, yes, I hit it, but like, it's gonna go down. Like, there's no way it's going to hang in there, but it has barely hung in there. And then it like, and then it started to go up and I was like, okay. So it wasn't until like day four day four of being past a million monthly listeners that I was like, wait a second. Oh, okay. This is a real thing. I thought it was just kind of like a hangover from like a viral video I had a couple weeks ago, but then it, it hung in there. And I was like, so I was basically, I was trying to not get too excited. That was, that was my thought process. Like, okay, we hit a a million monthly listeners. That's awesome. But like, if it goes down below a million tomorrow, that's fine. We still did it. Good job. But don't get too upset if it goes down. So I was trying to not get too excited, but it is absolutely bonkers. That was definitely one of the goals I had written down in my journal at the end of last year. And I just wrote it down because like, I was like, there's no way. <laughs> like at the time I had like 400,000 monthly listeners, which is also awesome. But I was like, there's no way I'm going to like double more than double my monthly listenership. So very grateful for everyone that's joined the blue crew this year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what those numbers look like on Apple Music as well, because they don't really show you as as much. But yeah, I mean, everybody, there's been a lot more new people listening. And I'm just it's just so cool. Like I, I every day I'm like, this is my job to like, wake up and be like, am I feeling today and then like make a song like that's that's my job that's so cool (laughs) yeah and it's allowed me to make music full-time and I'm just I'm just so grateful yeah I just want to be somebody that can make my parents proud I just want to be So another song that you released last year is Somebody. So what were you trying to get out with that one? Um, that was another one, actually, that I probably wouldn't have finished with, were it not for TikTok. Um, it didn't go like viral, but it got enough traction when I posted it that I was like, oh, people like this one. But that was uh, a song about how I think that it's like kind of a relatable feeling when your birthday is coming up and you feel like you didn't accomplish as much as you wanted that year or you feel like you're getting old or you feel like you're not where you wanted to be by this age. And it's just like this kind of 
reminder that you're not where you want to be as opposed to like the celebration of a year that you've lived. Um, And so that was kind of the place I was in when I wrote that song. I wrote it two days before my birthday. I was feeling like I don't I didn't know what I was doing next. I didn't have any direction. I yeah, I just felt a little lost. And so yeah, I posted that song and people were like, oh my God, this is me too. And I was like, whoa. And I was so scared to post it. I was so terrified. And I like didn't want my parents to see it. I didn't want anybody to know that I was like sad, you know, because <laughs> um, I'm like a generally, you know, outwardly happy person. It, it was very nerve wracking for me to post that. But when I saw people responding to it, I was like, whoa, that was my first inkling of like, okay, okay, I need to dig more deeper into this thing that's happening, where it's this emotion that I'm uncomfortable with making something out of that and then like being brave and posting it, like just keep going down that path. So that was a, a really important song for me as well. I'm sure everyone listening has already picked up on this and we've touched on it, but something that's obvious about your music is that you don't hold back on the songwriting. You're super raw and you're real. You kind of said that in your introduction. So what's so special to you about being able to write music about what you're going through and feeling and like, how has that been like almost a coping mechanism for you for some stuff? Um, Yeah, it's definitely been a part of my healing process. and. Yeah, like I said earlier, I think it's helped me uncover things that I have been feeling. It's kind of like my own like therapy. I mean, I, I know so many people say that, but like, but it's like in a way where it's not just like letting the emotion out, but it's almost like figuring the emotion out, like putting a name on it. Because in therapy, I feel like half the time when my when I go in with like a big emotion and my therapist is just like, oh, that's grief, or like that's fear, or that's whatever, like kind of puts a name on it. It's like, whoa, it all of a sudden becomes like less terrifying. <laughs> and so when I go to write and I'm like, I don't know what I'm feeling, but there's just like this big icky emotion going on inside me. Trying to put it in words helps me figure out like, okay, what, when did this start? Like what, what is going on? Like peeling back the layers and kind of doing like a self-assessment in a way like it, it's really helped my self-awareness and just being in touch with how the world affects me. And, and yeah, just, uh, just building that trust in myself too. I'm trying to somebody I'm not anymore. The person that I was before Back on May 19th, you announced on Instagram that you were back. You said you had spent the past year and it's been very difficult because you spent a lot of time in and out of doctor's offices and away from music, which is something that obviously makes you really happy. So that night you released Rest in Peace, which was signaling the start of a new era for you. So walk me through what that past year was like for you and how it felt to get back to releasing music. Just to summarize, because I don't really want to get into the details, <laughs> I just had some terrible health issues that made it so I couldn't do anything. I couldn't live my life. I couldn't make music, like you said. And I couldn't I couldn't like go for a walk and get coffee. Like I I was just like stuck inside. And so it was awful. Would not recommend. 0 out of 10. So yeah, when when Rest in Peace came out, it was like an extremely 
cathartic experience. It was also like a little overwhelming. Like I had a panic attack that day because I was just overwhelmed by the idea of coming back and just like I had been waiting for that moment for almost a year. And that the fact that it was finally happening and I was actually putting out a song again, it was like, whoa, I was just hit with all these, all these feelings, good and bad, swirling around. But yeah, like making music and putting it out is like what makes me the happiest. So it just, it just made me so happy to be able to to come back and and uh yeah there's lots more music coming so stay tuned Another song that kind of came out of that terrible year for you was You'd Never Know. And that's another song that's on this new EP of yours, but I wanted to go ahead and touch on it. So what's the story of that one, You'd Never Know? Yeah, that's that's a really, really special song. Um, I was also really terrified to share that because I, I posted it once and I got a few comments that were just like very gaslighty, like saying, oh, well, you didn't really experience that. It was all in your head and like, or just basically invalidating my struggle. And it was really, I was like, whoa, this is like another level of hate. This isn't like, you're dumb. Like your face is stupid. Like this song is mid. Like that's, that's hate I can handle, (laughs) you know, like that's just like, whatever people just being trolls, but like to, to, understand what is going on in this piece of content and then to invalidate that person's feelings whoa that's like so I was like I was really nervous about what people were gonna think and and it just tells the story of what I went through it's it's very specific it's very just raw like there's no there's no filter on it. And so, A, I didn't think that anybody was going to be able to relate to it because I was like, this is just my story. I'm just trying to document it. But that song has been the one that has reached the most people and just had the biggest moment so far because of how specific it is and because there aren't songs about this stuff. There aren't songs about medical trauma and like finding yourself again and, you know, going through these crises that we as a society have yet to fully accept as more than just just like i don't know this this thing that someone kind of inflicts on themselves like i th- i think we still we've come a long way with mental health awareness but there's still so much so far to go cuz you know in in those doctors offices there are very often you know doctors trying to be like oh well it's probably just anxiety and i was like bro if this is just anxiety there is no there's nothing just about what i'm feeling this is like the worst pain and like panic and fear and just all the worst feeling I've ever felt in my body in my life. Like it felt like my body didn't belong to me. So to put that qualifier on it, not acceptable. No, (laughs) it's not that way anymore. So, but yeah, so that, that song has been really special and it's brought me to a lot of really special people that have been through a lot. And um, I'm just so happy that they have that song because I think that if I had had that song when I was going through it, it would have it would have helped me a lot. So it's really it's really cool to see not cool to see people struggling, but cool to see people finding a little soft spot to land with my music when they're really in pain and just knowing that they're not alone. It's pretty special. 
we've talked about how, or you've hinted at, you've posted some songs online, and that's kind of how you've kind of judged if this is what people want or if it's not. So in this digital world that we live in, we see more and more artists spend a lot of time promoting their music on social media and gaining lots of success in that way, because especially TikTok, I, I talk about this with a lot of people I have on. It's just super cool how that algorithm is, because you can post something and people don't have to be following you. People don't have to know who you are. You put a video out, it can reach so many people and you can get so many new fans that way. So in what ways do you use social media now? And how would you say that social media has helped you grow your fan base? Oh, it's the one number one reason I have a community of people that listen to my music at all. I'm so grateful for it. And um, it's really interesting because I used to have this really weird relationship with social media. I used to really not like it. And then I started talking with friends about it. And one friend in particular was just saying like, why don't you just like record when you're working? Like, why don't you just, you know, just capture the moment of the stuff you're doing anyway, that when you're creating and, and just like, I don't know, just, just capture things and see what that's like. And that kind of like flipped this switch in my head where I was like, oh, I don't have to pretend to be something different than I actually am to, in order to do social media. Like I can just show up exactly as I am. I don't need to wear some crazy fancy outfit. I don't need to do my makeup every time I make a video. I can just, when I'm feeling like, hey, this is a cool song that I made. I'm going to show you. That was like a, whoa, I can do that. And so then I started doing that. And then those videos started doing well. And it was like, oh, this is really cool. I will say I use social media very differently now than when I started because I had a couple experiences with testing songs, as you said, like, you know, seeing what people liked where it was unexpectedly good or unexpectedly bad. And it re it was like, it was kind of, it was not great for me. Just emotionally physically because when it went well unexpectedly it was like oh crap i gotta hustle and like spend the next two weeks just never sleeping and like finishing this song and doing like all the things and just ah and then when it went unexpectedly bad then it was like oh you didn't like the one that i like and it's just like yeah so i this year have been using it more as like hey this is coming out here you go and like just making those decisions ahead of time and and knowing having like a radar for like what I want to put out. But I mean, I'm sure that I'll go back to testing songs at some point. But for this year, I was like, no, I, I know when I want to put a song out and I'm going to wait until it's very close to being out before I tell anyone about it so that, that it's like I don't have to stress about pre-save campaigns and like oh all this attention is whatever you know what I mean so I think it just depends on what season of your career you're in when I was in that early season of not really knowing what I wanted to do next the testing thing was super helpful because it gave me a sense of what I was good at and it allowed me to double down on what I was good at and go farther with that where as now when I've kind of gotten into a flow of like, okay, I know exactly what I want to say. And I want to, I know exactly how I want to say it. I need to like block everyone out until it's done, not let anybody hear it until it's done and then show. And then if it doesn't do well, whatever, I'm still freaking proud of this. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's just, it depends on what part of your career you're in, but I'm so grateful for, for TikTok and Instagram bringing me amazing, amazing people that I just like, 
they're just like my little fam and I just love them so much and they're also supportive of each other and it's just it's so so freaking cool that we live in this world where like and I can do this all independently too you know what I mean it's like I don't need a big fancy label to like reach all these people I just do it myself it's just it's such an amazing time right now it's so cool and I always tell people if you're not having fun with social media or you're like not doing it for some reason because you don't think it's fun like try doing something different with it like just because if you're not having fun you're probably showing up as something inauthentic you're probably not really showing up as yourself when you do it because I have fun with it and I used to hate social media so anyway that's my that's my I could talk about social media for hours but it is work of course but it's also like the most effective way to reach people that will appreciate you the most. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've talked about it with so many people that specifically TikTok is one of the greatest things that's happened to the music industry, especially for independent artists. I mean, just huge. You, you don't you don't need a label anymore to get fans or anything like that. So, yeah, that's a super cool tool and awesome that you've found a lot of success that way. So we've touched on a couple songs already, but before we get to the rest of your latest EP, I wanted to highlight something super cool that you have coming up so on december 4th you will be playing with jordy at the troubadour in los angeles so that's super cool congratulations on that i know you're super excited so how did that opportunity come about um so jordy and i are like we have like a lot of mutual friends and i've been following his music for years and he's so talented and i saw that he was playing a show at the troubadour he posted about it on his story and i was like hey if you need an opener <laughs> like as a joke and he was like wait let me email my agent and then <laughs> i got an email from his agent that was like we would like to offer you and i was like oh no way and this is my first show as blue eyes like ever and the troubadour is like such an iconic venue like all my favorite artists from like the 60s on have played there like it's just it's so historic. It's so iconic. Jordy is iconic. Uh, it's going to be like an EP release show. It's two days before my birthday. It's just going to be like the biggest hoopla of all hoopla's. So I'm really, really excited. Now, right to your brand new EP. So Healing Hurts. So we've talked about a couple of songs off this. But first of all, what do you want everyone to know about this project as a whole? Um, yeah, so the project as a whole is just meant to showcase my journey with healing and all of the really crazy emotions that come with healing that I had, I was absolutely blindsided by. Because I, when I think of the word healing in my mind, I always just, you know, imagine like a little band-aid and like it's the part where things get better and, and you start to like, you know, get back to being yourself and like, you know, it, it's like. It's a it's a nice idea, the idea of healing. But the reality that I experienced with healing is that healing is really painful. It's really disorienting. It's so lonely. And I was just so unprepared for that. I, I, I didn't expect that. I don't know. I just feel like there, there hasn't been enough. Or, or I, I, don't, I don't know. I was just like so caught off guard by the fact that healing was so painful. And so I wanted to showcase the, the parts of it that I just did not expect at all. So yeah, like the idea of like mourning your past self, like that's never an emotion that came to my mind before this, but it was something I felt very deeply and it was really, really intense. And it was completely just 
I was just like, what is happening? So yeah, it just as a whole, it's meant to showcase my healing journey, but just in general to to showcase, you know, the the not so fun parts that come with healing and and just to shed light and some beauty on the pain and the suffering that pretty much everyone goes through at some point in their lives. I mean, I hope that not everyone experiences the suffering and pain, but it's kind of part of the human experience. So, <laughs> you know. But yeah, so it's it's not really meant to be like a statement of any kind. It's just meant to document this is this is my story. This is what happened to me. And yeah. Suddenly I'm right back in shaking scared to death. I feel pounding up in my chest. One second, step back and I just can't hold it together. I'm back reliving, trying to catch my breath. I miss it, end up back in my head, my prison. So now I just want to take a second, kind of go through this track list, kind of rapid fire. I'll just, I'll give you a song title off of it and you just say something about it. We've already touched on two of them. So we've already, we've already hit, you'd never know. So next up, Never Got Better. The Never Got Better is a song about the idea of reliving your trauma by having to talk about it and, and how, when you, when someone asks you, how are you doing in reference to the trauma that you've been through? It's not always the best thing to ask because it forces that person to reflect and and just relive all the all the not so fun times. So so yeah, that's what never got better is about. So another one off of that EP is Wish We Never Happened. Yeah, so Wish We Never Happened is kind of the angry track, sort of. It's like, it's it's the idea of, so it's, it's written from the standpoint of a relationship, but it's about my health. And it's just about, you know, when people tell you, oh, well, you'll probably get something good out of this at least, or or like trying to, you know, the, the corny um, knee-jerk reaction when you go through something hard is to try to find some silver lining with it but sometimes you're just like no like <laughs> i just wish that this never happened that would have been much better than finding the silver lining to whatever this is because it was just too painful and so it's just about that kind of like frustration and anger um that comes with going through something hard oh, should have known. i probably should have closed my eyes wait until it was oh, oh. Finally, the title track of this EP, Healing Hurts. This is probably the saddest song I've ever written. I'm so proud of it. I was listening to it last night and I was like, this is such a good song. Um, it's just a, a summary of of the whole EP saying like, I had expectations for, for how the healing process was going to go. I expected that I was going to be tired. I expected that my head was going to hurt. I expected to not feel like myself for a few weeks. You know, I, I expected all that, but I didn't expect to like be completely 
just dug up and spit out and torn apart. And I didn't, I didn't expect it to hurt this much. And yeah, so it's just, it's just kind of like the, the conclusion track of just all those, all those emotions. And yeah, the, the tagline is, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on here, but it's, um, healing forking hurts sometimes. (laughs) So that is the, that is the, chorus of that song and it's really special because it's just piano and strings and my voice and it's oh it's so good i'm I'm just so proud of that track so now gonna get to go a little bit more lighthearted. so outside of music what, what's some of your other hobbies that you enjoy doing um i love hiking and walking with my dog and i got into knitting when i was not doing so well so like this this is a hat i'm making right now um it's definitely too small for me but whatever i'm too far in at this point <laughs> yeah what else do I like to do yeah walking is my main like I just I'd love walking and exploring drinking coffee reading I love reading um journaling and stuff playing tennis I enjoy playing tennis yeah it's really fun especially when I'm stressed it's just like (laughs) yes um I'm also a really big foodie I love trying new food and exploring awesome food places so yeah, those are some that's that's some of me. <laughs> so for the foodie in you, what's you're in LA, you said what what's the best spot or your favorite spot? What's the blue eyes favorite in LA? Oh my god, that's so much pressure. Okay, like what kind of vibe? Or maybe there's a couple. You, okay. you can have a couple. Are we are we talking like fancy restaurant or are we talking like like quick, easy, cheap food? Yes, yeah, do like like casual eats. Okay. Yeah. The one that comes to mind, there's a place in my neighborhood that's like a Taiwanese fusion place and it is stupid good it's it's like it's so good like they have this one thing that their menu item it's literally called three cup chicken it's literally just chicken and rice but like the way that they season this chicken with the sauce it's so good it's just ridiculous and they have this wonton noodle soup that is just like oh, it's so perfect for a, a fall or winter day where you're just like feeling cozy. Um, but it's called Pine and Crane, and that is that is definitely like my go-to, you know, fun food. <laughs> That's what's up. I feel like we have the inside scoop on the LA eating scene now. I mean, at least at least at least your neighborhood where you're, where you're at. I'm sure you can give us a full a more extensive list. <laughs> yeah, I rarely leave my neighborhood when it comes to food because it's just we have so many good places near us and we can walk to them. So it's like Yeah, no need to. I mean, I probably should have a better understanding of LA food culture, but I just just stick to my neighborhood. <laughs> what would you say are some goals that you have for yourself over the next year? I would love to go on tour. That's a big goal. I also would love to continue to really be aware of my my mental health balance with my work because that's been something that's been a journey since coming back from being sick. It's been very um yeah, just like a you know, constantly making adjustments. So I would love to continue that relationship and continue to not overwork myself because um, it's just not worth it. I would love to make an album, but I don't know what I'm gonna write it about because this is all just like I feel like I've got like all of my trauma off my chest. So I'm just like, ah. it's like after like going for like a nice long run, you're like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> but then I listened to I don't know if you're a Swifty, but I listened to Midnight's and it is just so good. And I'm just so inspired. I just like want to make something that cohesive and cool and detailed and 
oh, I just love it. So yeah, I don't know how Taylor does it. She's always putting out full albums like constantly. It's ridiculous. It's so inspiring to me. So I would, I would love to do something like that. Like just, you know, take a couple of my favorite co-writers and go to the woods and just like, you know, dick around for a few weeks and just see what we make. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, that's that's definitely a goal, but I'm not promising anything. This is not an Easter egg. We're just talking candidly here. I don't have an album ready, so nobody come for me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, those are like a couple of things that I have thought about. Yeah. So you said a couple of times you're a Swifty, and I've seen several people commenting on your stuff be like, Taylor Swift, you got to see this, especially on your song. You'd never know. Yeah, you'd never know. Has she acknowledged that at all? Has she seen it yet? Or we still got to keep the campaign going? We have to keep tagging her. Uh, I think, unfortunately, she has some bigger fish to fry at this moment. And also, I think, unfortunately, she is of such caliber of celebrity that like everything that she does and everything that she comments on is seen as some sort of easter egg for something so i i think it's very unlikely that we will ever get her to comment however if she ever did i would absolutely lose my i would just I would be incoherent incoherently excited she is my queen my big pipe dream life goal is to open for her one day but i don't know how how feasible that is or to just do anything like okay open for her write a song with her i mean obviously that would be way cooler for me writing a song with her but i think that those two things are probably equally unlikely but that's okay i can i still gotta vocalize them right i gotta manifest this stuff somehow one day yeah we gotta make it happen so if you're listening right now blow up taylor gotta gotta keep tagging her in the in the stuff get her to see you'd never know and we gotta make it happen i mean that's i feel like i gotta do like a cover of one of her songs or something for her to notice me because i i feel like that's just like that's the way it's gotta happen but i'm not really into like doing covers even with like i mean i love taylor but if i was gonna cover anybody's songs it'd be taylor's but anyway yes that would be crazy <laughs> well if you're listening right now you gotta gotta hop on this promotion gotta keep tagging taylor so lastly what's the best way for fans to engage with you and get updates about anything that you got coming up and especially new music that's coming the best way is probably to follow me on instagram that's like the most reliable algorithm that's you're probably actually going to see my posts when I post them. My Instagram and TikTok are both Blue Eyes Music, but it looks like Blue Yes Music. So it's B-L-U-E-Y-E-S because there's only one E in between. So it's B-L-U with no E and then eyes. But yeah, that's probably the easiest way. Yeah, I also have a Discord server, but I only I don't post the the link often i just every so often i'll i'll post it on my instagram so probably instagram is the best way to stay in touch but i also have tiktok obviously and um i don't use twitter at all so don't follow me on twitter you won't get anything out of it youtube um instagram and tiktok are my main channels that i that i frequent (laughs) so yeah a lot of exciting stuff coming out new ep that just dropped got the big show coming up in la hopefully some more shows and more music next year so a lot of exciting stuff happening here for blue eyes make sure to go follow her like she said on instagram it's going to be the main source we're going to see everything and i know she'd love to have the followers and the interaction and 
you would love to hear the music. So it's a win-win. But Katie, again, thank you so much for coming on, taking the time. It's been it's been great. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That was Behind the Mic with Dylan Ingram. Make sure to stay tuned for future episodes. Everyone.